Welcome back. We are back again with another episode of Prospects Worldwide. We're continuing our series on the top prospects in every minor league system, and this is episode 2 out of 30. We've got a ton more of episodes ready to pump out soon, so keep in the art for those, but today is all about the Texas Rangers. It's a balanced system with a lot of bats, and obviously a lot of question marks. We're going to break them all down right here, right now, so sit back and enjoy today's episode, Rangers fans. I'm John Giles, and this is Prospects Worldwide. The league is back in action, the Dodgers are throwing at Astros, the Marlins are currently quarantining, and the rest of the league is crossing their fingers that they can all remain healthy. If everyone can get through the season unscathed, we are going to be fine, but over at Prospects Worldwide, we don't focus on the players in the major league fields. No, we scour the underbelly of professional baseball to bring you the best of the best in the minor leagues. Here today to talk about the Texas Rangers, I've got my co-host and illustrious fast talker, the Viceroy of Velo, Jake Tillinghast. Jake, how you doing today, man? Not too bad. How about you? I'm doing well. Um, Viceroy of Velo, have I given you that nickname before? I think we're still continuing with the new name, so I think okay. we're still in session. They're starting to run thin in my mind, so uh, I'm going to probably have to give up soon. I'm just going to start calling you uh, Jakey Poo or something. Yeah, that will be done after that. <laughs> I'll just lose my podcasting privileges after that. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> well, well, enough of you, Jake, Jakey Poo. I'm very excited to be joined today, all the way from across the ever-warming Atlantic from the United Kingdom, Mr. Jake Tweedy. Jake, first things first, man, I've got to ask, can I just call you Tweedy? This whole Jake, Jake nonsense is absolutely going to destroy me. Yeah, why not? It's the easiest thing. Everyone has done. <laughs> Everyone's good, done. good. <laughs> so, so you were born in England and raised there. What got you into American baseball? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, it's been on UK TV for oof, five, six, seven years, maybe. You used to have to, like, pay a subscription to get the channels to watch it. And now it's become more and more available. It's, it's free now, so you can start watching it more. And it's just been one of those things you start getting into more, I suppose. And then you just run away with that, I suppose. Okay. Is it is it all like Yankees fans or Cubs or Dodgers or like a big name? Or what, what type of fan bases do you see over there? Obviously, you get the main ones going to be Yankees fans. Like, that's just part and parcel of it all. But, yeah, there's, there's a fair mixture. There's a few different UK groups that on, like, Facebook and et cetera that – have a variety of fan groups and stuff like that. So there is now a bit more of a mixture than what there used to be a few years ago. Are there any teams that are like the black hole teams in America that have very limited fan bases that are like blossoming over there? Like are we talking about the Rockies, the Marlins, the, the Orioles? Yeah, you don't really get many of them ones. Like even like <laughs> <laughs> even like my my first game was seeing Oakland A's and like you get back and speak to people and they're like, yeah, who? Yeah, and not really inter- that interested about that. <laughs> nice, uh, man. I, I could talk to you forever about that, especially with me being haunted by your by your British accent. Uh, if I fall into if I fall into that accent from time to time as we talk, just ignore me. It's my pompous American ass, just not knowing boundaries. But uh, let's let's kick it off with the Texas Rangers. Like I said, their number one guy in their system is twenty two year old third baseman with a fifty future value, Josh Jung. When Jung was drafted, the power was evident, and he's still listed with the future power of 50-plus, but it just isn't showing up in games. So far in 44 minor league games since he got drafted, he's only hit two home runs. His 50 fielding tool doesn't seem high enough to make me like him at third. Is he going to be able to pick up his bat enough to better fit that third base profile? Well, yeah, you'd like to think so. I mean, obviously, a Texas Techie hit 
what, 33 home runs in three years? It wasn't as if he can't do it. Like, obviously, the Rangers are going to have to unlock that potential that's there. He hits extra bases. Like, he's hit 15 last year. I think it was 14 doubles and a triple and two home runs. But he's got he's got the power. He's got the potential. It's just now about that being a bit more aggressive, being a bit more tapping into that potential and really excelling with it. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the OPS of, what, 831 last year with only two home runs, that's got to mean a ton of extra bases. Yeah, he's, he, he's, he can hit extra bases. He can, he, can, he can do that sort of stuff. He's got, he just lacks a bit of aggression and, like, you know, that sort of risk-reward. You really go for it, you really get something. Like, it, it seems very safe. He's, what, 32 strikeouts in 44 games. He's not struck out a lot. He's walked 18 times last year. He's not really got that going for it and really like trying to explode out of the off the plate. Uh, Jake, what do you what do you see in the profile? Is there anything scouting wise that you I guess see as a strength or a weakness? I mean, I agree. I think he definitely has the power. I think it's in uh in the minors. It wasn't like you said short lived. It was about 44 games. So, but he had trouble getting the ball in the air. In rookie ball, he had 64% ground ball, and then he moved up to a uh, a ball, and he had 47% ground ball, only getting the ball in the air about 23, 24% of the time. So he definitely struggled in those aspects. But I mean, I definitely think all it really takes is just kind of changing the launch angle a little bit, and that's kind of the way the game is going. So I definitely see improvements coming coming in the uh, in the short future. I definitely want to saw it this year, I would think, but unfortunately we're not going to be able to see it. I mean, I don't want to speak for development staff for all these major league teams, but we knew launch angle was an important aspect of hitting, what, seven years ago, probably longer. But that he hasn't already started improving that launch angle. What's going on? Why haven't the development team gone in there and say, this is what you do, start uppercut swinging? I mean, I don't know if it's that he hasn't. I just, I mean, like I said, it was a short-lived. It's really not a ton of, uh, a ton of data to go off of only four to four games. So it could just be he just didn't tap into it last year. He could have been tired from the college season, anything like that. So I'm not sure if it just short-lived. I don't have the college data to kind of go back on in that. So I can't uh, talk on that. So just something to think on going in the future. If he gets the ball in the air, I'm expecting more power to kind of come, and I definitely see that coming. Sure. I remember when um, Manny Machado was coming up as an Oriole, he was a doubles king. And they always talked about, you know, those doubles are going to turn into triples once he kind of gets that man body. Uh, I'm sorry, those doubles are going to turn into home runs once he gets that man body. And I'm wondering if that's going to happen with Jung. Once he starts growing, once he starts strengthening, once he kind of focuses that game, if all those extra bases that's evident in that 831 OPS, if those are, in fact, going to turn into those homers. Yeah, I think so. Well, well, talking about that power, the next guy, Sam Huff, he's the next guy on your list, and he brings that power big time. He's also 22 years old with a 50 future value similar to Jung. But the one key difference, he's a historically huge body behind the plate, 6'5", 240 catcher. And he had a whopping 28 home runs last year between the South Atlantic League and Carolina League. As with all power hitters, he strikes out a lot. But this one is particularly bad, striking out in 30% of his plate appearances. That's Domingo Santana territory, worse than the league. If he can cut that down to, say, 25%, he'll be in company with like Bryce Harper, Nelson Cruz, Ronald Acuna, the, the guys that we like. All that being said, are the Rangers going to try to actually limit that strikeout percentage? Because they already have guys with that success with that 30% strikeout, like Joey Gallo. They, they've seen success with a guy like them. Are they going to try to adjust this swing or just take the good with the bad? I think he's he's the polar opposite of Young. Like He's the one that's too aggressive sort, sort of thing. Like Yeah, he strikes out a lot, but 
he's hit he hit 28 home runs last season like you've got that that's where that risk and reward thing comes in because he's gone right I'm going ultra aggressive and he's hitting home runs he's hitting doubles you got a couple of triples in there as well with 72 RBIs like he is that other end of the spectrum that's where you want young to start getting towards maybe you want to bring the strike rate down a little bit but they've got they had Gallo that was like it Santana was like it like it's one of those things that it seems to be a Rangers thing if you will mm-hmm. I mean we talked about Rufnet Odor just last podcast where it was a matter of like he has the power he has the potential but is he going to get is he going to hit the ball enough like I feel like that is a very Rangers thing the uber athlete with the uber power who might not hit yeah, I agree. I don't know if um, they're really going to ask him to change anything, honestly. like I think they like him how he is. They like that he can probably stick behind the plate, and even though he's a huge guy. Everything that I've heard from the manager when he's seen him in spring training and all that from the Futures game, all the reports coming from that, he, the Rangers think he can stick a catcher. So we'll see how that goes. I'm typically not sold on a guy 6'5", 240 to last too long behind the catcher spot, but he's got a really good arm, pretty solid defense. We regraded as league average, so... He can stick there, just maybe not long-term, but the bat's going to play, and I wouldn't probably mess with it either. I would just let that guy go out there and just hit you 30-plus homers a year and kind of call it a day. Tweedy, what do you think about that defense? Like Jake said, he thinks it's going to be league average. I see you're looking at a 60 arm on your values and a 40 current fielding, 50 future fielding. Do you think he's going to stick behind the plate? <laughs> it's one of those that he's, he's not bad behind the plate. I mean, he's he's caught out 48% of his steals with his – with his throwing. So he's got a good arm. He's got a strong arm. He's a big guy. It's one of those, do you persist with it? He played first base, I think it was last year and the year before a few times. Not a, not often, but is that, do you try and push him towards first base or do you keep him there and see how he improves? His mechanics has improved. He's got his strong arm. So is it worth sticking with him behind the plate and then seeing where that goes? Yeah, I mean, from a strict, I guess, war value, which I don't know how much teams care about war in their player development, but on a war value, you're going to get a lot more out of a player behind the plate than you are at first base. Like You're just going to use that position wisely. If he can contribute behind the plate, might as well put him there. Yeah, no doubt. He probably won't ever be a full-time catcher. He's likely going to be a part-time catcher, part-time first baseman, and they'll likely find someone to split time with him, but... Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely going to be exciting to see him kind of come up and hit the or swing the bat. Sure. Well, let's let's move on down. Slotting in at number three on your Rangers list, we have our third 50, 50 future value in a row. Twenty uh, five year old Nikki Solak. Solak's one of my favorite types of players. He's got an advanced hit tool, and he's just better than fine across the board everywhere else. He's the type of player that pretty much every team could use. His contact percentage is going to sit in the mid eighties, which puts him in probably the top thirty in all the major leagues. Uh, he hits the ball to all field. He has good discipline. He's a good runner. He's just intriguing everywhere. Uh, it looks like defense is the question mark, but with shifting, what's to say he's not going to be a productive second baseman? Just put him out there and let people limit his problems. Yeah, he's uh, obviously he's, his arm isn't reliable enough for third base. Like he's got a lack of movement footwork to be a second baseman. You look at the f- four or five games he's played so far this year in the majors. He's played first base designated hitter and left fielder this season so far already. So is it one of those you're going to push more to like DHs more regularly or is it just someone who can fit in anywhere? Anywhere that you need someone to play defensively, you just stick him in there. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't, I don't think he'll ever be kind of married to a position. I think he'll just kind of be that 
constant utility guy, constantly finding his way in the lineup, just filling gaps. Maybe there's an injury, maybe there's a trade, whatever kind of happens. Maybe a year he finds the spot at second base for most of the year, but he'll never full-time be just completely married to a position. He's going to move around to the outfield, second base. He'll play a third base a little bit. Like you said, his arm's not the best there, but it's playable on occasion there. So he'll find, he'll find time all over the diamond and his bat's good. He hits a ton of ground balls. He has like about 53% on the ground last year, but I was also only about 33 games in the majors. So he showed out really well. If he get the ball in the air a little bit more, I'd be impressed. He, his power could show up a little bit. Yes, he has some juice in there. He, he kind of reminds me of like a like a Marwin Gonzalez type, where you can just play all the positions and play them all well enough to contribute. And your bat is good. By all means, I think he's got a better bat than Marwin Gonzalez. But Gonzalez got $9 million a year on that contract. So Solak, if he can do that positional versatility that, that Marwin did and also hit, the sky's the limit for him. But, but so we've touched on the three guys with the high ceilings uh, all in their early 20s. Now, the next guy is the last player in the Rangers system to have a 50 future value, but he's only 17 years old. We're talking Maximo Acosta. Obviously, that means Acosta's got one of the higher ceilings in all the baseball. And again, only being 17, he already has comps to Glaber Torres. He may not have power yet in his frame, but he's, got, he's a great gap hitter who, unlike Solak, actually has more capable uh, fielding options. What kind of budding superstar do we have here? Is this Glaber 2.0? What's his likely outcome? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they're similar height-wise. And like you say, if he bulks out, he'll be more like Torres. I mean, Torres started off, even when he started in his major, 17, 18, he wasn't a big extra base hitter. I mean, his extra bases went up from, when he was 17, from 16, and doubling the next year. So... <clears throat> It's one of those, yeah, it could be a Glaber, but it's just something we have to see how it goes. He's just got potential. They've obviously spent $1.6 million on him. It's like, it's a lot of money. So there has to be something there. Yeah, he's got a ton of potential. Obviously, we haven't really seen him stateside at all. So we haven't really been able to judge him over here. But everything that you see on video and reports and all this kid's got tons of potential. Obviously, there's some questions with the speed and all that. sticking out shortstop potentially, but... All the actions at shortstop kind of show that he can stick there. So as of now, I, I give him a shot to stick there. He might have to slide over to third, maybe second. But for now, I definitely think he'll be a shortstop. Yeah, in the box, he's he's pretty advanced for his age, I would say. Um, he's obviously pretty young, but I would say he could be one of the guys I move relatively. Not He's not going to be up in the majors in a year, not even two years. But by 21 or so, I could see him coming up and possibly producing. Obviously, it's a long ways away. And again, haven't seen him one second on the state side, but it's an exciting player and he's pretty advanced for his age. So Jake, when I see 50 future values for a 22 and 25 year old, I, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not wildly impressed. Sure. That's very good. By all means, that's above, above average in the major leagues, but at that 25 year old, that's pretty much going to be your limit as a 17 year old. How nervous are you putting a 17 year old with a 50 future value? I mean, obviously there's risk because, like I said, you haven't seen this guy over here and you haven't really seen him against any professional, like, consistent pitching. But, I mean, like I said, there's, everything that I see from the kid shows me he's got the tools rounded out to be consistent and be a force in this league. It's just a matter of actually getting out there and showing it. And, again, he's not going to be able to show it again this year. So that could possibly push his development back another year. So I could be a little, a little heavy on that ETA, but 
I think it's it's obviously like I said, it's definitely a risk, but I think there's merit to give a cost of the fifty. It's not common, like I said, it's not common to see these type of kids with the with the fifty. I'm excited to see his development. Uh, it, it's gonna. I feel like it's gonna remind me a lot of like the Willie Adames development, where he's just constantly in the top lists, and you see him in 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. Like, when is he gonna graduate? Once he does, he is the best in baseball. So I'm not saying Acosta is gonna be the best in baseball, but I'm excited to see where he lands a couple of years on these all these top hundred prospect lists. Yeah, and if you had some probably list of which 15 prospects could possibly have that top potential he'd probably be on that list somewhere. So he's definitely got the skills to kind of fly up the list pretty quickly. Well, I want to round out the top five. Uh, the number five guy on your list is Leody Tavares. Tavares is already on the major league squad up until I believe July 29th. I think he got optioned on the 29th, but he's not even 22 yet. He seems to be there or he seemed to be there for probably key defensive reasons. And he's got some plus speed. He's definitely a luxury piece to have when you have a 30 man roster. But Zips projected him to a well below average batter with just a 60 WRC plus. But Tweedy, you have a kind of a bright future that you see in him the beyond the late inning substitutions. Uh, what type of future does Tavares have on the bat? Yeah, I, I like him. There's, there's stuff about him that I just like. Like He's obviously not quite lived up to the expectations yet. But he's, he just seems to work on that. I mean, the batting average isn't bad. Like, he's got a ton of doubles and triples like he hits the occasional home run as well like he's he's not got a bad bat it's just he's not at that level where he potentially should be obviously he's playing against older players like he's just 20 and he was playing at double a last year so he's young it's he's obviously maybe not 100% developed yet so then that's something else that could add to it it's just he's obviously a decent enough player to get onto the major league roster that's that has to say something about how highly the rangers think of him yeah i mean 32 stolen bases is uh is a key argument to getting on the major league roster when you can play all three outfielder positions it's a key argument to make the major league roster i'm just curious you're you're right the bat's not bad 279 average but as he grows that's gonna get lower most likely as he gets to better and better levels unless he pulls like a Ronald Lacuna and has a better average at every single level. Uh, I don't see that happening here, right? Yeah, he's obviously, he's not going to be like a Cunha level where he's just going to keep improving, improving, improving. But you're going to have that, there's got to be something where he's going to get better every year in stages. You're playing against better uh, older players, so obviously you're going to get better. And if that continues to carry on, then you're going to develop quicker. You're going to get better quicker. And it's, I feel like he has that potential. He just needs to tap into it. The one with Young, with his power, he just needs to be tapped into, just unlock it. The same for Tavares. Do you think you need to tap into it and then maybe you'll get something out of it that's he's just going to spring into life? I remember I saw your article and in it, I was really intrigued by one thing. Um, in his career, he has 19 minor league home runs and all but one are against uh, are as a lefty against righty pitchers. Should he just abandon switch hitting or does he offer a different profile from each side? Yeah, I mean, the majority of the, yeah, all but one of the home runs is from as a left-handed batter, which playing as a right-handed batter as well is something different. Like, yeah, he could just focus on left-handed and be that way, but it's different. It's different being the right-handed batter as well. It's going to be something different when you're facing in the pitcher. It's, that may not progress as quickly as he's left-handed batting, but... 
it gives them another output, another outlet for the Rangers to capitalize on. Sure. Yeah. Lineup construction. I guess that switch hitter is, is a clutch, a crucial aspect. Um, Jake, what do you think about Tavares? Yeah, this is where I guess we'll start to disagree. Um, I'm just never been the high guy at all on Tavares. I've always just kind of been the low guy. I've never seen the full potential in him. I've seen the defense. I've seen the speed. I just don't see the bat ever really progressing to anything that's really been thought of. I don't know. I just, there's a lot to question. I think, and also an argument can be made for um, how you guys said, how he made the roster so early in his career. I think also another question can be made that the fact that he did make the roster kind of shows you that they probably don't see a ton left in his development and he's probably close to maxed out. They're at least willing to start his clock and majority of evaluators, including myself, didn't think this guy was really ready or close to it at all. But that's just my opinion. Um, I'm curious what others think, but um, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I, I think he's definitely just like a defensive replacement, kind of like how we got called up defensive replacement, speed guy, pinch runner. He'll get some starts due to the switch hitting is going to help him out. But like I said, it's not really a strong switch hitting ability. It's kind of just one side or the other, but um, yeah, I'm definitely the low guy, but it is what it is. Well, I like having debate. I like having someone who likes someone and someone who doesn't like someone because it gives us something to look forward to for the season. Uh, yeah, of course. That's part of scouting and not everyone's going to be on the same page. Sure. But that that's the top five. So I want to move on to your personal player spotlights, Tweety. Uh, of course, we don't have to go far for the first one. Number six on your list uh, is certain Apostle. Uh, he's a 6'4", 21-year-old that's a huge raw power threat. 40% of his hits are for extra bases. Plus, he has the proper eye to draw enough walks with an 11% walk rate. My big question is an odd one. He's already 6'4", 235. Is he going to get too big to play third base? He has the arm to stick there, but if he if he keeps growing, he may have to move to first if he loses the range. Sure, his bat's going to play at first, but not like it would if he could command the hot corner. Yeah, and I think when you've got Young breathing down your neck as well at third base, I think, yeah, yeah, he has to either really excel at third base or you've got to look at maybe shifting across the corner. He's, like you say, he's 6'4". He's, he's, he's not going to stop growing. Uh, he's quite, he's big, 235 pounds. He's a big, big boy. So <laughs> it'd be interesting to see how, <laughs> how it continues. He's obviously athletic, but not enough to stick at that third base. I think, like you said, he's got a shift in order to continue his development. <laughs> so, so Jake, Certain's got the power. Certain's got the size. What do you think of him, uh, scouting perspective? What do you think about his tools? He's definitely fun. He's definitely got a big arm. He's got, he's, he got, he's got some hitting ability, but could see time in right field just with the big arm, but I'm not sure he's really athletic enough for that. He's probably just going to have to go over to first base, maybe left field. Um, it's gutsy of you to put a 35 speed in the field. <laughs> That's going to cause some problems. What? You're, you're saying he can play either right or left field eventually with a 35 speed? I mean, we've seen how many guys go out to left field and just go out there for the bat. We've seen Mark Trumbo play left field because they just want to get the bat out there. And Mark Trumbo guy. was one of the worst left fielders in baseball that year. I mean, we all they also been tried at third base. He's, so, I mean... By no means am I saying this guy's going to be good. I'm saying he's not going to be a third baseman. I don't know if he's going to be a first baseman in the system. We have a lot of guys like him. I mean, we just talked about one earlier, Sam Huff. Joey Gallo might have to shift over to first base eventually in his career. He's not getting any younger anytime soon. 
Um, I mean, there's just a lot of guys that are just, I mean, another guy down the list we might talk about soon might have to play first base. So, I mean, I don't know. He, he might have to get flexible. He might be the guy that they just shove at first base and not, but I think he might have to get kind of flexible if he's going to want to get in the lineup consistently. Well, the DH exists for a reason, so we can always slot him there. But we're, we're done with the top six. So next on your spotlight, Tweety, where else? Number seven. Really creative list making you got going on here. Not choosing anyone out of the norm. Um, number seven is Hans Kraus, a 6'4 righty on the bump with the 45 future value. When I look up Kraus on videos and other scouting reports, I keep coming back to the same types of notes. Uh, quirky, creative, deceptive, unique. But what I see is the secondary pitches don't seem to be developing. And his stats are hurting because of it. Last year, he had he allowed 12 home runs, which before that in his entire career, he had only allowed four. His strikeout rate is steadily declining, and he only kept a 32% ground ball rate. All of those things would have been dead last in the majors. All that being said, I'm starting to sour on him. What does Kraus still have in the tank to make me change my mind? Obviously, he's still got his, his fastball is still solid. I mean, he's still between 92 and 97, peaking at 99. Like, it's obviously his, his best tool, above average pitch. And then when he mixes it with his other above average tool, his slider, he's, he's got something there. But when he had the injury problems, it seems like he's changed his mechanics. His mechanics have improved slightly, but it's forced. So obviously, you're gonna, when you're changing something like that so much, it's not going to just snap and then it's done. It's, it's, it's completely sorted. So it's like you've got to have that time of – it's like a second wind sort of thing. Like he's had that first bit, he's had his injuries, and now he's, right, he's changed his mechanics, right, let's go again. So it's if he can stay healthy and work on it and be more fluid and have that potential, it's another one of those risk-reward scenarios. Like he's, he's got that risk of do you keep going with him, keep plugging with him, keep going with him? Because he could have that reward at the end. He could be that good that he's a solid pitcher down the line, but he has also has injury problems as well. So it's sort of like that in between. So a lot of it is based on that. I I laugh. I, I'm reading your article, and the last sentence you have on him, I just want to read it real quick. He has also struggled with runners in scoring position and keeping teams from scoring. But overall, he has the ability to be a decent pitcher. I'm pretty sure the name of the game is to keep teams from scoring, and this is something he's struggling with. So, Jake, is he going to be able to improve on these things? Is he going to be able to stop teams from scoring? Because as a pitcher, that's the only reason you're on the mound. I, mean, I don't I don't take a lot of stock in a pitcher like his age in what he's given up with runners in scoring position. I don't think it's that big of a deal, quite honestly. He has the potential, and I think a lot of the stuff that's happened with him last year with everything kind of dropping was just due to the fact that he had to kind of change. Like I said, he or like, like Tweety touched on, a lot of his mechanics just kind of changed. He stopped using his slider as much. He started to have to use his curve and change up more, which he really didn't rely on as much in the past. So like kind of more or less, he was virtually almost a new pitcher last year. So having to kind of learn how to pitch with a whole new kind of repertoire, you saw the slider, but like I said, it wasn't used as much. I think it'll come back. Um, the fastball is good. There's some bullpen risk, but I'm a big fan of him. I mean, I saw him pitch in high school a couple of times, so he's kind of local for me. So maybe I'm a little biased on him, but um, I don't know. Just from seeing him in high school to seeing him now, I think he's 
I think he's improved definitely in the mechanics wise and the curve and change have definitely taken a step forward and the sliders obviously hasn't had a chance to really take the next step. But just with health, I think he has a chance to be really solid. The sentence at the end doesn't make sense because baseball's all about the runs. But in the, <laughs> in the same sense, it's that he's he's in the minor league. He's he's working his way up. He's had them injury problems. He's trying to adjust himself, trying to adjust his mechanics. It's it's gonna be a slow process. Like it's not gonna be a he's gonna not gonna change overnight and all of a sudden he's perfect and stopping teams from scoring. But as long as he can keep working on his actual pitches and his mechanics and his action and his delivery as long as that starts to improve then like jake said before like the stats doesn't really mean a whole lot at the moment because it's that potential moving forward and how he progresses yeah exactly and if if he's working on the slider or the change up in the curveball as much as he is now and the slider does come back you're looking at four potential above average pitches and then you're looking at this guy as pretty good so that's where i think it's kind of he still has that ability to kind of step up and be a solid starting pitcher maybe he's not going to obviously be an ace but middle rotation okay well i I will see to that both of you are making convincing arguments especially if he gets that fourth pitch if he if he works those mechanics and and improves that he could be a starter he could be pretty solid so but i want to move on finally we're moving away from that perfect numeric sequence we did one two three four five six seven we drop all the way to double digits to find your next guy i'm pretty excited about it it's uh eriberto hernandez I have no clue where he's going to fall defensively, but looking over Rangers minor uh, minor league leaderboards, the number one offensive production in the entire system is Hernandez. He leads all affiliates with a 1.071 OPS, and yet you have him 11th on the farm. He had a WRC plus over 180, and to put that in perspective, Jordan Alvarez led the majors with 178. Is this bat as good as the numbers advertise? Why is he so low in your ranks? I think a lot of being so low is the fact that you can't pin him down to one position. Like you, you see them stats, and yeah, he's got solid, bat, solid average. He's got solid extra base hits. But when you look at the other side of it, and you think, well, where's he going to play? What, what do you need from his bat? From what you're offering defensively, he's obviously Catchery's didn't play a lot of last year. Played in the outfield a lot. Played first base. Like they're very like. If you could pin it down to one position and say, right, that's where he's playing, that's what I need from his bat, then yeah, I you can make him be a lot higher than what he probably is. But my, I guess what I'm, what I'm, I guess curious on there is, Nikki Solak is six positions. Certain Apostle might be one of three positions. Uh, Sam Huff might be one of two positions. Why is it that Hernandez is singled out as the guy who's like, oh, we don't know where he's going to play, so we're going to make him fall? Because he's also only played two years of minor league like he's not he's not played a lot of games obviously he's three stats from what he has done but don't get me wrong he's unbelievable like he's nearly got 100 RBIs in just two seasons like he's got a good average last year the good average year before he's an aggressive batter so but the aggression will then also need to be balanced out as you progress against better pitchers struck out 60 times last year 41 times the year before his walk's gone down from 53 down to 29. So the discipline is slightly not as good as the year before. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to see how that develops as he goes up the rankings. He was A short season last year. Right. Was it like an A? Was it like an A plus? Was it like a double A? Like he's still got to have a f- whole season, an A short season. He had three games there. So it's that is that discipline side of it going to match 
his potential with his batting average with his extra base hits. That's fair. Jake, what uh, what do you have on his bat? I mean, this is one of my favorite prospects, honestly, in all of like just baseball in general. Obviously, the fielding is some questions, but I think he's a little better fielding than people give him credit for. I'm not calling him anywhere league average by any means, but I think I, I would say he was a 45 fielder. Probably going to stick in left or right. I don't think he's going to be a catcher but by any means, but um, the bat is honestly one of the better ones in the, in the minors, quite honestly. It's just really impressive. I think what's kind of holding him back is the fact that, like Tootie said, he strikes out a decent bit. He swings and misses quite often, just even if it's not strikeouts. He swings and misses a lot. For the most part, he's a pretty dead pole hitter. About 52% of the time, he's hitting the pole side. So they definitely want to see him kind of work the whole field. He's going to get a little more exposed as he probably moves up ranks and definitely gets major league pitching. They'll probably find holes in that in that swing. He's one of my favorite uh, just bats and overall. I think he'll be probably a left fielder. I'm not too sure where else he'll fit in. The arm's just average. I don't think he's really a fit out and right. He's not athletic enough. So I think it's really just first for left field, which kind of also hurts his prospect status because a right-handed power bat at first base left field isn't exactly the most sought-after position. You can kind of find those guys around. The thing that kind of saves him is he also can kind of hit for a pretty good average. So I think it's just kind of takes a few more years to kind of develop he's he's already 20 so it's kind of weird that he's only had two years in the in the minors but he's only played 110 games in the minors and he's 20 years old now so it's just going to take a little bit of time with him i think well maybe you guys can answer this from i guess a scout's perspective when you have a player like hernandez who most likely profiles in left or at first but also has that bare potential to play catcher in a pinch he could be an emergency catcher how much weight does that hold in a scouting report where it's like okay well this guy can do xyz but he can also play catcher for us if we need not everyone can play catcher no i mean not everyone can play catcher i mean it holds a little bit of weight but you're not i mean how how often do you use your emergency third or fourth string catcher in a season Uh, this is a particularly weird season where uh people like the miami marlins might need an emergency catcher (laughs) okay so so one time (laughs) yeah I, i get your point it definitely holds weight I don't think it holds enough weight to say, oh, we definitely have to like have this guy. If he's good enough to actually play there, then yeah. But if mm-hmm. he's just like, we're just going to throw him if we literally have no other options, you can probably get by for a night with it. So, yeah, I get it, it, When I look at like roster construction, I see a guy like Isaiah kind of for for the Rangers already. The fact that he plays third and catches, it's a rare uh, combination and the fact that he can do both for him, he's not the best catcher. He's a fine catcher. But the fact that he can play it offers an extra set of value that hopefully Hernandez can offer in the future. Yeah, kind of like how Carlos Santana, when he came up, he played catcher a little bit. And then they're like, all right, well, it's going to put you at third base because your bat plays. And then they quickly realize this is just going to stick here. Sure. <laughs> well, well, let's let's leave Hernandez behind. But I want to keep talking about that hot bat. We're going to compare Hernandez to uh, Luis Angel. Acuna. You look at his numbers, they're virtually identical, averaging an OBP to Hernandez. Uh, Hernandez might have a bit more power, but Acuna, what I love about him, 18-year-old younger brother of the famous Ronald Acuna, it's his eye. He's got a walk rate higher than a strikeout rate, 14% to 10%. You don't ever see that. The eye tool and the ability to force walks, it's not a classic tool, so it's hard to rate uh, in these scouting reports, but it's got to give you something to their profile, right? Uh, how do you judge a player's plate discipline in these rankings? And, and if a player like Acuna can master this art, shouldn't he be higher on the board? It almost can kind of play into the hit tool a little bit because 
it's that hidden ability to get on base that he has. Yeah, of course. Like he's, I mean, that's amazing to see walk percentage so much higher than the strikeout. But yeah, it's one of those ones that he's his discipline is good, but he's hit till you're sort of trying to look at the contact he makes. Like he's he had 16 extra base hits in 51 games. Like it's not the greatest. It's obviously not big. So it's, it's one of those, uh, he's only 5'10". Do you judge it with contact with how much he can hit? Or are you basing it on just because he can walk more than he strikes out? I mean, is that going to get you a lot of runs? So I'd, I don't know. It's one of those that Jake's probably got the better answer to that question than I have, to be honest. Jake, what do you think about it? Classic tools are going to be hit, power, fielding, arm, but nowhere in there is eye. Why can't that eye contribute to a tool somewhere? Like, I feel like we should be able to weight that in there to increase his value. I mean, in a way, you kind of do in the hit. You don't really, because that's kind of just based on, like, even though it's not the best grading system anymore, obviously everyone can agree on that, but just kind of strictly just the hit as a batting average. But you do kind of build it in a little bit to there. You kind of think, like, okay, he kind of sees pitches and stuff. He can kind of grind out a little more at bats, maybe get some better pitches to see. With him, honestly, with Acuna, I think it more just comes down to him just needing to add weight to him. Honestly, like he's he's not he's a little small. Like I mean, five ten's not by any means like short in baseball terms. Like there's a ton of star. I mean, like Mookie Betts, the guy's five ten and he's second best player in the league, and it's for just as much power as anyone. So I mean, baseball is another game where you can be five six and be a star, or you can be six foot seven and be a star. So the size matters. Obviously, it helps. But a guy like Acuna, he just puts so much, such good swings on the ball. Like you said, he has a good eye. He has a knack for just kind of finding the barrel. Um, I think once he kind of adds weight, he's going to kind of tap into a little bit more power. I don't think he'll ever be kind of like 20, 25, 30 homer guy. But he's going to be a consistent 15 to 19, 20 guy per year. He'll have some seasons where he kind of pops over 20 and stuff. But I think he's overall going to be a really solid fielder. Nowhere he's going to really kill you in and nowhere he's going to really just absolutely flash out and stand out and just be like a league leader. But... Overall, he's going to be a really solid player. He's not going to be like his brother or anything, but he'll be fun. Uh, Tweety, I didn't mean to pull you away from your actual report on him. I, I walked down some pathway of walks, but uh, what do you think about him, full batter profile? I like him. He's, 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 when you look at his spray chart, he's he can hit all over the field. Obviously, you want the next step to then be them dots on the spray chart to be a little bit further out as well. But yeah, he's just he can hit anywhere. And I think that's that's obviously important you see how many singles he's got around the infield there's loads like so he's got he can he can pick out gaps he can find the spaces where it is to get those singles get those doubles he's just now about right now we need to progress that into more triples more home runs okay well well the last guy you have spotlighted uh, i'll be honest with you i don't see the wow factor we're talking Yeri Rodriguez, 22-year-old right-hander. He strikes out 10 per nine, and that's fine. He walks two per nine. That's good, not great. He holds a good ERA, but how much does that matter in low, low minors anyway? You guys have already mentioned to me that you kind of ignore some minor league stats. Uh, what is it in particular I'm missing about Yeri? Not all of it's obviously the, the best. Like His fastball's decent enough, above average. He's slider slash his curveball. Like he needs to work on his changeup. But his his fastball works between ninety two to ninety six, highs of ninety eight. Like he can manipulate his delivery through his fastballs, he can manipulate it through his slider slash 
curveball. Like it can either be sharp, more like a slider, or loopy to be more a bit more like a curveball. He's he's athletic. He's got that ability. Just I think he just needs to show that durability. Like he missed the end of last year, it, but in the same sense, he's he played 13, 13 starts last year, seven and three record. Got strikeouts a good eighty five and seventy three innings, eighty two the year before and sixty three innings. He's, he's he's an interesting one more than just like right. He's elite. He's unbelievable. He's he's interesting. He's got a few numbers stand out. A few numbers don't quite stand out, but he's one of the ones that's more intriguing than anything else. Yeah, he's definitely interesting. Um, he's kind of like all over the map. Honestly, like when it comes to like just ranking and stuff, like he's. I've seen a lot of people have him really high on lists. We're obviously not the highest on him. Um, but I think the main reason, I, I mean, me personally, I'm not extraordinarily high on this guy is he's been in the minors for four years now. And the most he's pitching a season was 73, no, yeah, 73 innings in last year. And before that was 62. So he's only pitched about 100. Hang on, let me do math. Oh my god! It's dude. like 135 total innings. Well, between those two innings, but but the two numbers you just said. Yeah, and then and then there's 50 more, so like 180, like 183. Okay, so he's pitched he's pitched about 180 innings in four years in the minors, which I'm honestly not sure if it's been injuries. I haven't dug too deep into his profile right now, but dude, he was he was suspended, suspended. Okay, 75 games suspended. But yeah, so he was suspended for a year. He was in rookie ball for literally three years so he just got a lot of question marks honestly like that's why i don't really see him being that high in the lists so i personally see him as a bullpen guy i don't know if he's ever going to build up the endurance to kind of be a full-term starter if so it's going to take him another year or two in the minors and missing this year is just another missed year for him i mean who knows we could even maybe see this guy in the majors he's already 22 this year maybe they just rush him up there in a bullpen role who knows i mean i really don't know what to think on this profile quite honestly it's really interesting Let's recap who was on the top 20, uh, who we didn't mention. I, I want to give the nods to the guys that we didn't speak of today. Uh, you got Justin Foscu and Cole Wynn, Byron Laura, who are all 45 future values, slotting between 7 and 10. Anderson Tejada came in at 12 with a 40-plus future value, where he matches value with number 14, Ricky Venasco. Rounding out the bottom of the 20 with 40 future values, we've got Joe Palumbo, Bubba Thompson, Ronnie Henriquez, Takoa Roby, and Steel Walker. But... Jake Tweedy, outside the top 20, give me some names of guys who either just missed the list or guys we should be on the lookout for here that they might be making appearances soon. I think the main one is Demarcus Evans. He had a big year last year. He um, got 100 strikeouts in just 60 innings. He's 6-0 record, 12 saves. He looked good. But as a reliever, yeah, he looked good. And I think he's the main one that just missed out for me. I think the one thing I know about Demarcus Evans is potential, you know, seventy stuff and like thirty command. Yeah, that's it. That's he's he can get those high strikeouts, but is then will he consistently be able to do that? Okay. Well, um, were there any guys you feel like that you just don't see? You just don't feel like he should be a top twenty. You also got to look at Palumbo, I suppose. Like signed back in two thousand and thirteen. In the 30th round, like he's obviously started yesterday or the day before he played in the majors, but obviously he's one that's be a good 
ballpen player, but injuries have taken a toll and he's not really got that real spark and that velocity. I think that's one you sort of look at and think, mm, is he top 20? Mm-hmm. And then other than that, yeah, that, like we've said before about stuff, people like Krauss or Wynn that have not really quite excelled just yet. That could be lower, <clears throat> could be lower if there wasn't other guys that were similar sort of thing. Palumbo is an interesting choice. You don't see very often a 2020 prospect report with someone who was drafted in 2013. You're in the minors for eight years and you're still a prospect. You're still a top prospect for all that means. You're right. That kind of seems a little iffy. Like, how is he still a top prospect? Jake, what do you think about the system as a whole? What What do you think about these players? Just in general, the system is really interesting. Like Tweety said, just in the bats right now, I mean, you got a ton of potential just on the offensive side, but you look at the guys like from Jung, Huff, even Solak, Apostle has some question marks. Even Fosco, who they just drafted, has some question marks offensively. Laura, Herberto, all these guys have kind of a lot of question marks offensively. They have a lot of bat potential, but if all these guys end up somehow cracking the roster and with the Rangers, I have some trouble seeing them being a at least league average team defensively. So I'm not too sure all these guys are going to be up with the Rangers at some point. They're probably going to need to figure out some defensive situations, but there's a lot of talent. And then on the pitching side, they're just a lot of guys that are just kind of lingering with just breaking through kind of like what we touched with Yeri and, and Kraus and win as well. Just, they're just kind of there. They have to just kind of show a little bit more where they can kind of be looked at as pretty good prospects. But until then, it's just kind of, they're kind of just lingering around. But if a few of those guys take that next step, the system is potentially be pretty deep. Sure. It's an intriguing list for sure. The You're right. The potential depth of this system is uh, is pretty pretty outrageous. Uh, well, uh, Jake and Jake, that's it for the Rangers today. Uh, like I said in the last pod, we want to keep these T20s short and tight. Uh, Jake, thank you for joining me today. And Tweety, it was an absolute pleasure having you on today, man. I hope we didn't scare you off with our American garbage. Uh, I hope you come back for future pods. Yeah, I enjoyed it, even if it is like, it's late at night, so... But yeah, it was fun. It was good. It's nice to talk about. Nice to talk about baseball. Well, as we sign off, please tell the world uh, where they can find you and if there's anything you want to plug. Uh, Jake, uh, you can find me on Twitter, J Tillinghast two seven J T I L L I N G H A S T two seven. Follow us, um, Prospects Worldwide on Twitter, Prospects World W. Um, yeah, we got a lot of stuff coming out. A ton more of these for every team. We got the Padres done so far. Rangers are up now. We got Phillies coming out soon, and the Tigers and the Blue Jays, and possibly more. I'm kind of losing track at this point, quite honestly. Yeah, I feel like every day I get a new alert that says a new podcast is, or a new prospect list is up, which means, to us, a new podcast has to be made. And uh, my schedule just keeps getting busier and busier. Tweety, what uh, what do you have? Uh, what, how do people find you, and what's something you want to plug? Yeah, you can find me on MLB UK Analysis 1 on Twitter, and just going through these prospect list the next one is obviously Phillies and then moving forward going to the Cardinals then maybe a few others nice well as always I'm John Giles you can follow me at Puma Revive that's P-U-M-A-R-E-V-I-V-E-D and one day I'm going to follow you back please continue listening to our pod we'll have 28 more of these bad boys pumping out over the next couple months so hopefully we'll be done by the beginning of I don't know next season Uh, remember to give us a good review and you can find the article, you can find this article and everyone that we've mentioned here today over at prospectsworldwide.com, where we also have all of our player scouting reports, uh, analysis, team draft recaps, and much, much more. I look forward to reading those lovely comments. I always read the comments. Thanks for listening today. I'm John Giles, and this is Prospects Worldwide. <laughs>